Banana Banana. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Um, I think we are we are good to record. We are live. Uh, fuck it, we're doing it live. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Um, so what are we talking about today, friend? We are talking about uh, what I am today. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> sick. Sick. And what I've been pretty much since Christmas, dude. It's I think it's I've been insane. Sick. I think I've been sick since California. I feel like I've been chronically sick. Since about the week after Christmas. But the thing is, that's how winters used to be before the uh, before the golden year. Before the golden year, which, the golden which year. this movie is uh, takes place in. Takes place in during that time. So yeah, we are here to talk about um, sick, which is um, it's one of our very few COVID movies, right? Yes, we've only really had. I want to say two COVID movies. I would love a horror COVID universe. I would, I'm okay with it. Yeah. I'm perfectly fine with a COVID universe. Um, I'm, I'm holding my microphone like this. I've noticed that I turn my head from the mic a lot, and then I can hear it in the... In the show? In the recording? In the, in the program. In the program. Yes. And uh, the kid is like, are you guys recording? I'm like, yes, I told you. <laughs> um, But yeah, so we... We had Host come out. Host. We watched Host. The, the one that's the all in Paranorm- Zoom. Yes. yes. And that came out early. That was... We watched that upon... Still in like, 2020. We watched that in like the first... You know, the first times where it's like, okay, can we go to people's houses again? Yes. Yeah. So that was maybe like second half of 2020. Halloween. Halloween, Halloween time-ish. Yep. Um, and then this is our first post-COVID movie. That actually, you know, touches on like a lot of the that features COVID. That features COVID, right? Because it is a main character. I mean, we've had we've had references to COVID. Um, Knives Out Knives takes out. place during COVID, but COVID. let's be honest. Like, there's that one episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, which takes place. Does it really? It's funny. It's the it's. I think it's the first episode of the latest season. Oh, and it still came out in 2021. And it was, it strictly treated COVID like a post-COVID thing. Ah, it so, very much was like COVID's over. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so basically, like, like, like today, like today, like today, <laughs> COVID's over. Um, yeah, and and so you know, I am pretty okay with with this being um, a genre that I mean, you have to address it at some point. COVID, like. I think you could technically go on, like, pretending it just never happened. Well, I'd say pretending 9-11 didn't happen. Exactly. I mean, it is. This sounds, like, hyperbolic, right? Because, I mean, it's it's a different kind of tragedy. Don't get me wrong. But, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's... COVID is probably the most influential thing in my lifetime since 9-11, I would say. Probably. Yeah. I mean, that does make sense. Like, I look back at 9-11, and I'm like, ah, I can see tangible ways that my life has been impacted by this. Mm-hmm. I look back at COVID, I'm like, ah, I see tangible ways that my life has been impacted by this. Yeah, and I think we feel COVID more because we were older when it happened. Yeah, and then I'll, but also, like, 9-11 was, like, sad for a day. <laughs> yeah. Right. Ooh, you can hear the puppers in the background. You can hear the, our guest stars. 9-11 guest was stars. sad for a day. Right. But COVID was like, yeah, big deal. Yeah, 
very big deal. Um, so yeah, so we have the movie Sick. Um, brief synopsis: so We have these uh, two girls. They go spend quarantine at at a lake house. At a lake a house, beautiful lake house, a very nice lake yeah. house. Which um, I think I told you, funny enough, the first time I saw this movie, I was at a like an Airbnb type of thing. Oh yeah, and so like because, I was by myself watching this movie. Right. Yeah, and it was like two in the morning because I was waiting for someone to show up. Supposed to be late. Yeah, they never showed up. Whole thing. Um, and there's these huge, big ass windows. Oh, and like I'm not saying this movie's like not scary, and or that it is scary, but like watching a movie and you have these big ass windows and you're just like watching something that's supposed to be suspenseful. You're yeah. like, oh shit, is someone gonna be watching? It does make you. You know the I have I have a I have a big maze like house mm-hmm. right and so that that type of thing does ring extra hard when you're in the environment where there's many ways that people could for sure could get it for sure um, so yeah so they're spending um, their COVID quarantine at this place you can do you do see like at the very beginning there's people like packing their shit mm-hmm. as they're going oh out of school um, so that that I thought was kind of interesting because it it kind of was what we were doing early pandemic yeah it takes place in april april um, like that's after like the shutdown but this is kind of when people are like all right we're not going back start packing your shit it was Get out. it was interesting because fb in in the store and then masks play a significant ish role in this movie right <laughs> yeah. um but the everybody was wearing a mask in the store right and people were shamed for not wearing masks mm-hmm. and i was trying to remember how i was like by April 2020, was was it mask time? Was it not mask time? Because there was all that ambiguity about like it, this. This it's nice that it takes place in the wild west of COVID. Yeah, like, people are like Febrezing their uh, their, their groceries. Boxes, <laughs> but, um, but I was that's what I was trying to see. I'm like, okay, like by this time, like where we did we have that precaution or that precaution? And it's so hard to remember like the like the little details, right? Yeah. Um, there's one. There's one. Part that made me laugh i actually like laughed out loud it's very early in the movie when we have like our opening scene with this boy tyler yeah. he's waiting in line and some girl like coughs and <laughs> everyone just fucking stairs. turns yeah and, and i'm like store. yeah and it, it that is <laughs> that is how it was so it's funny i was well I'll get to this later because I was trying to. I was trying to see. Eventually, you do find out how Tyler is connected to this. Yes, story. yes, yes. But I was. I was trying to see. Once it was known that our main characters were college students, I was like, Tyler lived in too nice of a house to be a college student. Like, and this is clearly he lives alone. But then I was like, why can't? Why are these people buying all this like junk food? Like, these people need like some vegetables. So <laughs> I was like, maybe that's evidence that Tyler was like a college student because yeah. they're just like buying this shit. But no, yeah. I think he was an adult. But but long story short. People need to eat healthier in this movie. No, he was a college student. He banged a college student. I don't. Think I think it's implied that everybody in that in that get together get together. But that was a nice house that he lived in. It, it is a very big. It's a very big, almost like um, like if you have a bunch of roommates. Yeah, but like none of the roommates were there. Exactly. It's almost like everybody else left and he stuck around. So he could have been quarantining by himself. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. And again, you know, people quarantined in different ways. Like, there were some days where Katie and I said we're going to go to an Airbnb for a weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Why not? It made me realize that, like, the. Like, I think May is when Ro and I saw each other for the first time. Mm-hmm. And granted, it was outside, 
And I know everybody experienced quarantine like differently, but like for me at least personally, when I look back, and I was like, that was just like fucking two months <laughs> of being alone, of being alone, right? And not even, I would live with my family, so I was not even like alone. Mm-hmm. But it really wasn't like that isolating. Yeah. Um, like in Illinois, you could have been fucking with people, like for sure. By me, yeah, and and it's always like we, we when we think about like the quarantine, like a lot of us, I feel like our group took it relatively seriously, especially at first. We did, but we we lived the high life. We lived the high life, yeah. but I mean, because we kind of safe our way to yeah. like find ways to do it, right? Like exactly. we had Call of Duty nights, we had Among Us, uh, Among Us, and all that shit, right? And then there were people who like had COVID, and they could not last the two weeks of like of not seeing people. Correct. Like I think Katie and I for like the first month we didn't see anyone. No. At all. Like maybe we saw my parents. Well no, that that's first, it. That first month is basically just through April thirteenth. Right. But that's like but we we had our we had our uh, we had our the world is shutting down party on, on March thirteenth. We Friday. did. Yeah, it was that yeah, that yeah. night we were like well fish tacos party. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then we had coronas. We had coronas and then that was it. And then I forget when we first saw each other and we were in like a car together. But I remember we were in a car. It was a, once. It was later. Yes, maybe close to Christmas, and we were masked. Yeah, and then we eventually became Republicans. <laughs> and we're like, I feel safe. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, to be fair, it worked out for us. But oh, we're, fine. That. we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. Uh, but anyway, back to the movie. <laughs> so back, back to the back to the misadventures of our girl Parker and Mary. So, um, where, so let's let's talk about the opening opening sequence. Um, I love this opening. Sequence. I really, I really liked it. I think it does a really good job at showing you what things were kind of like during the pandemic. Like it the does. stores are weirdly quiet. Yep. Like I mean, yeah, you're by yourself shopping. Like, yeah, there's other people. No toilet paper. No toilet paper. Um, the characterization of Tyler is interesting because there's that scene where he reaches for the last toilet paper. And there's a mom with a baby. He's like going to take it, and then he doesn't. He gives it to them, but the lady's like dick. And I was like, God damn, yeah, like, yeah. But but it makes it interesting because it sets him up as like, because by the time like as the movie goes on, you're like, was Tyler a piece of shit? Then you're like, oh no, like the movie like, the movie makes it seem like Tyler was a good dude. He just happened to get caught up in. Yeah, I would say he's not a dick. I mean, not a dick. Not a dick. Um. Maybe made some bad choices, okay. which again, yeah. especially in those times, yeah, wild west. You roll the dice. Exactly. You don't know one hundred percent. Like your 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 stupid like college age brain, correct, is gonna make dumb choices. And like if we as adults, which and for the record, like I will, like obviously, like people were, people were too callous during this time and too careless. Mm-hmm. But I will say, I can speak from this from not having to sacrifice any of my college years. Right, like I, <laughs> I, I do feel bad for like kids who basically like got two to three years of their college life shit on. Yeah, right. So I, I may have been more of a, more of a Republican. In yeah, college. for sure. Who knows? For sure. Um. So yeah. So he's shopping. He is. Uh, somebody's like stalking him. That they're sending him texts. Yeah. Um. Not once does he think of calling. Yeah. To see, you know, whose phone mm-hmm. rings. Right. That's one thing that I always think of. Um, but anyway, not the point. So we do have a pretty good chase sequence happen in his apartment. 
to me, this is like a quintessential slasher opening. Yes. It is interesting because he's a male mm-hmm. and he's like white. So there go like those two tropes of like your. Exactly. Yeah. It's usually a girl, a white girl. Or a, or a black person. Or a, or a minority. Yeah. Um, but the. What was I going to say? But it, it, I love how this movie gets right into it. Like, mm-hmm. hour and 26 minute runtime. It is very short. And I'll even say later that I think it could have been even shorter. And I will. I eagerly, I eagerly actually look forward to. I think Werewolf by Night has like made me crave, like a tight hour, hour ten minute movies. Okay, I that's think they're fair. possible. I think you could turn this movie into an hour ten minute movie, and not that mm-hmm. I thought it was too long. Not that I thought it was too long. Okay, but I'm like, I like these. Get right to it, horror yeah, for films. sure. Yeah. But I think it's also a a symptom of when you have, like, you want a studio movie. Yeah. Even if it's for streaming, yeah. like you still want essentially like a theatrical length, like a feature film. Who's you? The like the studio. Oh, uh, yeah, they will. But like, yeah. as a consumer, I'm like, I would love a one-off, seventy-minute thing. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. And so, and some movies can be, and I'm okay with this being a little overlong, uh, because I I was thoroughly entertained the whole time. Yeah. Um. So obviously we can kind of spoil a bit of the beginning because it's just the beginning. You know, besides from Scream, I don't think I've seen a slasher where in the intro someone gets killed and they're actually not dead. So, yeah. So yeah. So Tyler gets gets got, yeah. uh, and then we we are introduced from main characters, um, and then let's go ahead through the movie. Yeah. Um, I would say now we're going to go into spoilers. Uh, see this movie. I've had a lot of a lot of fun. It's yeah, it's yeah. free. It's relatively free, free, right? If you have premium uh, Peacock. Peacock. Not if you have free Peacock. Oh, really? Really. Gotcha. Okay. So I have it through Katie's parents, so I I don't know. I have it through my Comcast, but initially I didn't realize I logged in with my Comcast. But it didn't know. Even though it was a Comcast email, it doesn't automatically know that you have Xfinity. Okay. And then then I had to, like, find the place for Xfinity. And then I had to, like, press that button. Gotcha. And then I could watch it for free, but I was like, I don't think I have to fucking pay for this. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so very, very good. So we we have our two main girls. What are your thoughts on our our main girl, Parker and Miri? Parker and Miri. Um, Park Parker is a for being like COVID careless. I think they still do make her rather likable. Yes, it's yeah. <laughs> so there there was another COVID movie that came out. Called dash cam recently yeah. of a girl who does like ride share yeah. during COVID, but she is like a bitch. Yeah, and I think the actor who plays her is actually like a Republican. Like G-W- vaccines yeah. are blah blah blah. Right. It was made by the guy who did Host, ah. which I think is yeah. kind of interesting. Uh, but you do you? She is likable. Yes. I think at first you kind of maybe go, oh, am I going to not like her? Yeah, I thought she was going to be the... I was like, I wonder if they're going to turn her into, like, not the villain, but, like, um, well, like the villain in Barbarian, where it's someone who's in a protagonist-ish position. Oh, uh, Justin Long's yeah, character? Yeah, like, oh, fucking die. Right? <laughs> yeah. But no, not with her. Not with her. She, she does a pretty good job at, yeah. you know... And, you know, this is going to sound really weird, but when you think of, like, a slasher final girl... Yeah. She's not like your conventional looking girl. No. She's kind of average looking, which is fine. Yeah. Her outfit 
is like, first of all, a lot of my students will wear that exact outfit um, <laughs> dress down days at my school. Fair. And they will typically have like that personality. Oh, that's interesting. Like I'm like, I've seen I've seen Parker before. That's funny. I've taught Parker before. Yeah, so she's uh she's going to quarantine with her friend Mary. I really like Mary. Uh it kind of got to a point. It kind of got to a point where I was like, oh, is Parker gonna be unlikable enough that they kill her and they make Mary, Mary the, the final girl? Yeah. That I, I really thought that was a possibility. Um, but I really did like their their relationship. Yes. They felt like they were friends. It's not like they're just two people in this house. Miri is more COVID cautious. Yes, for Parker sure. Throws heat to the wind a little more. Yeah. Um, interestingly, you know, Miri or Parker, you know, she's a, uh, she's in her, you know, she's in her slut phase, right? Yeah. And I say this with love. Uh, and it's in college when it's supposed when it's to supposed be. to be. Uh, <laughs> uh, we know, no, we know they don't listen yeah. to this podcast. But it's, it's, so it's, there's this other character, DJ. Yes. So he's our third, like, lead, I guess you could say, supporting. Which then I was like, within the span of like 10 seconds, I was like, oh, is he going to be the piece of shit? I, I thought he was the killer for a moment. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, nah, he's here too long to be the killer. And I'm like, is he going to be a piece of shit? And then within 10 seconds, I'm like, I think they're going to try to make us think he's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to be a piece of shit. And that's kind of what happened. But Miri was like, she was like pushing for that Parker, for that Parker DJ, DJ love. And she's like, he likes you. She's like, you should like, she's like, she's like encouraging her to settle down. Oh, I, yeah. didn't, I did not read it, read it as that. Um, interesting. Yeah. I just thought she was kind of more like protective of Parker. She was. And I think at first I was like, oh, I think she like, because like DJ like comes in the house in the creepiest the creepiest way he does yes he does for sure in and i mean in, in the movie where you're expecting a slasher and the killer like it, it is filmed in such a way that you are gonna feel to the extent that andrew skarsgård seems like the villain in the barbarian trailer oh um not andrew skarsgård not andrew skarsgård um, uh, but uh, the guy yes to the extent that he seems like the villain in the barbarian trailer dj's arrival at like the house. Yeah. <laughs> he just walks it's in all willy nilly in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um no, he arrives in the day. Is it in the day? Yeah, he arrives like midday. Uh he knocks at the door and like they ask him something, he doesn't answer, and then he's like, Yeah, I was on the fucking phone. I'm yeah. not gonna answer. Yeah, then he just walks uh, and then he walks in through the back door. Right. Um but I think it's also it's also important to to point out that one of the reasons why Parker is kind of shitty is because she's loaded. She is loaded. So that it, that does go with that entitlement that yeah. you saw a lot in like COVID days, right? Like a lot of the pores were actually hunkering down and yeah, COVID was great for me, not for uh, not for other people. Yeah, yeah, and but like. It's even even more so than that. Like these are like she's driving a fucking Range Rover. Yeah. Like she has a lake house. And this is a nice lake house. It's a it's a beautiful fucking lake house. Like why isn't this your primary house? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's to that level yeah. of like fuck you money. Yeah. So like it, it that that does make sense why she would be so like that's just you know throw caution to the wind. Yeah, she's spoiled. She's spoiled for yeah. sure. 
Uh, Miri seems a little bit more down to earth. Down to earth. There's, I, a, there's a relative at home. Yeah, there's I don't feel like. Yeah, I don't feel like she's. It doesn't specifically say if she's you know wealthy, but she's probably like the friend who's not super loaded who has a friend who happens to be loaded. Yeah, I would say she's probably not wealthy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we do have a few a few scenes in this movie where uh, we see that someone is already stalking them, yes. and that's kind of why my suspicions of uh, DJ were kind of already out. As in, you didn't think DJ? I didn't yeah. think DJ. I I could yeah. tell that that he's the obvious like red herring character in these type of movies. Um, which, by the way, we haven't talked about it. This movie was written by the guy who did Scream, like yes. the original, the original Scream. OG Scream. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like everybody gives Wes Craven a lot of credit, which yes, you probably should as the director, but like to actually make a movie work, like you, you need someone better. to have a good you know writing. Right. Um, so, you know, we have a lot of uh, some relationship drama between DJ and uh, and Parker. And we do see that they decide, you know, they're going to party, they get drunk, they yeah. go to bed. What and a fun rave that was, by the way. What a lovely <laughs> rave. <laughs> a three-person rave. They dance so stupid. There are... All right, so very quickly, I'm going to say I give this movie three stars. And I think I think it's a very hard hitting three star movie, but there are just like some scenes that to me are just like so comically dumb that I almost have to hold it against the film. And I don't think Fair. I don't think the rave is there yet, but oh god, what bad dancing! Yeah, what there's, bad dancing. It's a little cringe. I mean, it's a kind of cringe that you expect when you're doing something realistic, realistic with your with three people. Yeah, like yeah. you you have a dance party with three people, it's yeah. gonna be. It's gonna be cringe. it's gonna be cringe. Right. Like I think if you take a dance scene in the movie the, in a movie, and there's hundreds of people, and you yeah. focus on just three, you're gonna see some shit for sure. I think for sure. Um, but I one of the things that I want to point out to for you is I think you just saw this movie recently. Yep. Right. Like for me, it's been it's been a while, about a week and a half. Yeah. Uh, so some things are not quite as fresh. That's why I have my notes that I I brought out. Um. But one of the things that I noticed was, I think the bad guy was in the house way before. At one point, they show like the door yeah. open, but then at the end of the movie, when Parker goes out, like the girls have gone to bed, Parker is chilling out in the, um, like in the living area. Right. He goes out, and then someone walks in, and it's and it's that it was the timing of that that made me. At first, not think DJ was the red herring because there was something about the timing of the bad guy's arrival and DJ's arrival. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, "Oh, like there's trouble afoot." Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that one thing that kind of going a little bit ahead that does make somewhat sense now that I'm thinking about it. There are two of them. Yeah. Right. There's two yeah. two killers. Two killers. Plus <laughs> a third party. Which I love how I actually kind of love how that sequence came about, like. When it's revealed that there are two killers, yes, because it's very well made. I think very, very good. So before we get to that, so we have our killer who's wearing like a ninja costume. Yeah, a serrated knife. Serrated knife. Um, he's you know covered head to toe. Uh, The only thing that you can really see are his eyes, Uh and 
it's it's funny how that not only plays into the fact that yeah you know it's a costume you're trying to hide what you look like but it also plays into the fact that it's covid it's covid right? the, the, they are wearing they're wearing, masks. They're wearing their gaiters yeah. basically <laughs> to keep people from giving them covid which yeah. is very funny later on when that's revealed um and i did i did it right down it's like is there one killer or or like is there more because like some things just don't seem to add up when, like at first just seems like oh yeah weird. i wondered how many were involved in killing um in killing tyler i did wonder that if it was the one or the two mm-hmm. um at one point uh dj does like fuck shit up yeah like he like beats this guy up um the girls are like running all over the house uh there's a a very good kill for for dj where like they have him like at first like that's when I that was when I was like oh maybe he is involved in this like right. he's actually part of this but no then they show him he's like they have him with like this weird metal spike like, which is I don't know is it a flagpole it looks like a curtain pole to me maybe I don't know for sure uh, maybe but it's just like really like long long metal pole like a spear basically and yeah. they just like they're dangling him yeah. which looks really creepy yeah. and then just fucking stab him all the way through and just drop his ass yeah uh very good kills uh, that was i think the first kill that i was like oh shit like this is gonna go like kind of hard for sure it does go hard sure. it uses its uh its blood and because early and on before that there's not a very like cinematic like gore fest kill yeah like that's um, the first one. And this is where the girls realize that they don't have his keys. Right. They have to go back in the house to get his keys. Uh, eventually, they do take one of them down. They do. And Parker, Parker just goes. Up, right? Yeah, she yeah. like fucks his face up with a toaster, I think. And it's and it's enough to the point where like you're like, oh, he is dead. Yeah. Even though he's not at that point. But you are convinced it's like, believable that he that, could be dead. It is believable that he could be and, dead. And and I remember watching, I was like, holy shit, Parker, like, damn girl. Which is interesting about this movie and like horror in general, because I feel like horror is when you can it's the genre within which you can play play the most with suspension of disbelief and what what the physics of your universe allows and like doesn't allow. Mm-hmm. Like there's a scene later that I, when I watched, I was like, all right, fuck this scene. Sure. Um, but like I think part of what made it more believable that the slasher in this film is just so omnipotent is that there were two of them. Yes. And then you could in theory like have doubles going from place to place and fucking yeah. technology. It does it does make sense. And I bring that up here because when I saw her beat the shit out of the guy. At that point, I was like, okay, now there has to be another one. Yeah, I looked at the clock and I was like, wait a minute, it's only been like 45 minutes. Well, that and like these, these, like these villains have shown that they're very formidable at this point, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, for the whole threat to just be eliminated like that, I'm like, no, it has to come coming. And the, the, the timing of the reveal of the second, of the second killer just like through that door mm-hmm. when she beat the shit out of the first one, I was like, oh. Yeah, it's very good. Which then also puts into perspective the very first kill of the movie in the opening, where you you do hear someone leaving. Yeah. And then someone comes out from behind Tyler and slits his throat. So like that that then starts to make sense. That it's both of these guys. And yeah, we have the second guy come in, he's like, Oh shit, 
Like, mm-hmm. you're dead. You know, you fucking bitches. Yeah. And then we have this chasing that leads them to the attic, which leads to our girl Miri getting just yeeted yeah. off of the second floor. And she has to heal herself. Uh, I, you know, yeah. I thought that I thought that was it uh, yeah. for Miri. I kind of wasn't. Um, I was like, if this is how she dies, like, I guess I could see it happen, but it's a very uneventful, uneventful way for a character to go. Um, but she does end up with a broken leg, yeah. um, which then leads Parker to have to kind of distract this guy. Right. Um, she tells her to play dead. She does tell her to play dead. Yeah. The guy does kind of believe her, and she distracts him by throwing rocks, okay. uh, and she leads him to the, to the lake, which does lead to one of my... This is actually one of my least favorite scenes of the movie. This scene. This, where, scene, this scene took the movie down a whole star for me. I, I would agree. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about like when they're... She's like paddling down the, yeah. the river, and this guy is like stabbing through. Correct. Yeah, I'm like, there's no way this old guy is catching up. This is where I could not suspend disbelief. Yes. Because first of all, all right, I'm going to sound stupid for even trying to physics this. But like, she's at the pond. He he looks like, you know, he's like, oh shit, like I can't, I can't get it from here. I thought he was going to like take a car, like and like circle around. And, yeah, do something. <clears throat> And then it's revealed that no, he's like swimming like a fucking baby seal. Like, yeah, underneath, holding on to the bottom of this like raft. One would assume. I don't know where his air bubble is, but then to have enough like enough momentum with the knife where he can actually like stab through the cracks. Well, and, like so, I I understand stabbing through the cracks because there it's just nothing, right? Yeah. And I guess if if you want to say like, is there an air bubble? There is. There those things are usually kind of like. But a little, not a lot. Yeah. But my thing is, like, girl, just put your feet like on the boards and just leave a slit in the middle. Like, you're fine. Yeah, but I, He's not gonna be yeah. able to cut through the through the wood. Well, but then I don't even think you could like to be able to like deal that. I know it's a sharp knife, but to be able to deal that much damage on your back, stabbing against gravity, and for millions of fans at home, I'm, like trying to enact. Like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think. You I can't remember. Does he get her in the hand? In this he gets scene? her in the hand. He impales which, her. He goes all the way through. Which, again, I, I pointed this out because that also happens to Tyler at the beginning. Right. If there's one thing that is always very effective for me is when someone gets stabbed through the hand. Yeah. I'm like, ooh. And then she has to swim with a hole through her hand. Like yeah, That I can be like, whatever. Whatever. But like she has to swim with a hole through her hand like to the, to the one neighbor who's like two miles <laughs> the old guy. And and then I'm supposed to believe that like she's in the water with him in the water, and like he's not able to like overtake her, even though he maybe sealed it like all the way here, right? Yeah. And I know it's fiction, but I know, but this was at the point where I'm like, all right, this scene. Like, yeah, it's, it's goofy. I think if I think you can eliminate that scene. I laugh at it now. It's stupid that I'm like hyper like realistically critiquing it, but I'm like, eh. It's, yeah. I can't remember if this is something that I saw someone just tweet or if the actual writer said this. Like, you wanted a chase scene, I'll give you a fucking chase scene. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think at one point somebody did complain that there weren't enough chase sequences uh, in in Scream 5. Oh, really? Yeah. Which, fair, I guess. Yeah. Because, like, a lot of his movies are, like, there is a, there's a name for it. It's the, the Final Girl Circuit. Yeah. Where the Final Girl runs through basically the whole... The whole house. Like, yeah, the whole house or whatever the sequence takes place, and yeah. you see all the dead bodies or whatever. Um, but, yeah, so we have we have her go to the neighbor's house. Um, he has the shotgun. 
I love that the villain, after he like drops the neighbor, <clears throat> I love that he picks up the shotgun and is just like, which boom, you boom. would, which I thought she was going to. I thought so too, yeah. but then like she was far enough away that I guess when right, but you got to make a bad dash. You got, if there's a gun, <laughs> if there's a gun in the room, you have to make a bad dash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That does make sense. Um, so then, oh, there was a <laughs> there's a after this, like we cut away back to the house, and Miri is there. She goes and picks up uh, an electric knife. Yeah, and then she's looking at her leg, and I'm like, Miri, what are you doing? <laughs> the leg is fine. <laughs> Don't cut it off. Uh, but no, she just makes, makes like a, a makes a splint out of a out of a bar stool. The camera pans to the dead body a couple times, and it's like at one point it's like one too many. We're like, okay, this body's not dead, mm-hmm. and I was like, uh, I think. And so I don't know. I don't know if it's if it's too much to telegraph it, because if you don't, then you're like, oh, damn, came out of nowhere, right? But I think it's prepping you to be like, all right, you know, it it, it can happen. Almost, don't be surprised if it does. I almost rather. I mean, it does make the movie more thrilling if there's like, if if the original guy, like, if you add another player to the game, right? Mm-hmm. I almost wish the movie just like committed to having him die. Just because of how badly he got, like his fucking skull caved in, dude. Yeah. So many. Hits. I would take it. I would have taken another family member. I would have taken two siblings and two parents. Yeah. yeah. Um. So then we do after the whole chase happens. Um. Miri does kill the guy. She kills. She. Guy. I can't remember how she kills him exactly. She. I feel like it's a knife. It might be just yeah. a knife. Um. Well, he's dead. But he's dead. Yeah, he's yeah. he's finally dead. Dead. Then we get um, the they chase uh, Parker to the main road, right. and we have the lady. Yeah. They're fighting. Yeah. He she runs towards a car, and it's this lady. And that yeah. they they play this in the in the trailer for this of the lady being like, "Oh, I gotta put my mask on. Do you have a mask?" And she's like, "Lady, what the fuck?" Yeah. And this is where at first I was like. If this is nothing, man, this is stupid. This it's is, funny, but stupid. This is where... All right, so early on, Tyler gets yelled at. He takes off his mask in the parking lot of the store while he's leaving, right? Because he's pissed because someone's, like, fucking with him. Yes. Right? And there's a character who... The shot makes it look like the character runs into Tyler. And the, ty- the character's like, watch it, dick. Where's your mask? And then I'm like, oh, is this movie, like... Not anti-masker, but, like, anti-people who are, like, being a hard-ass for, like, not wearing a mask. Because <laughs> he only has it off for, like, a split second. Right? Yeah. And it's outside. And it's outside. But once again, at this point, the science was not, like, the science was not clear. Fair. No. So, that happens. The rest of the movie happens. Then we get to the scene. And before it's revealed that this lady in the car is a baddie. And then she's like, oh, your mask. I'm like, dude, she fucking told you like someone's about to kill And her. she saw, like, yeah. bloody and shit. And then I was like, then I was watching. I'm like, is this movie, like, making fun of people who are, like, too Super, strict yeah. about, like, COVID protection? And it kind of is. It kind of once is. You get to the, once you get to the final reveal of what's going on. Yes. But then... It's a, there's a twist, but it makes sense. So yeah. then that that's why I I super excuse that scene because I'm like, I love oh, that scene. it's funny. I love it goes from being funny to being stupid to yeah. okay, now it's funny again. Where she she basically this has mask, chloroform. This mask smells funny. <laughs> it's fucking chloroform on this mask. 
uh, it's revealed and that the lady is somehow involved. And so then you're like, oh, okay. So what's the big reveal? And the, the, the reveal is that this family, there were originally five people. There was Four mom, people. dad, Benji. And, uh, and the brother. And two brothers, Jeb. Jeb, yeah. Jeb's the, the one who's been killing. Yes. Right? Uh, skull uh, yep. And uh, the reveal is that Benji was at a party, which we do get his name earlier in the movie. And this is where I expected the first dead guy to be Benji. And I was like, Benji's got to be involved in some way, shape, or form in this movie because he's the only other named, like, character. Oh, I see what you yeah. mean. I see what yeah. you mean. Okay. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, then we find out that apparently Benji was at the same party that Parker was. Um, they made out. They made out. He got the vid he bad. The, this fit-ass motherfucker. This fit-ass college student got the vid. Then Was he fit? He was He was fit. He was skinny. He was thin. Yeah. I wouldn't say he was fit. Fit like ripped. I don't know if it was ripped. Well, he, was, he looked in shape. I've seen people get taken out. Yeah, yeah. he got taken out. Yeah, he got taken out by COVID. Right. Yeah. This is this is a pre a pre vaccine world. Yeah. This is a maybe maybe hospitals are starting to get full. Yeah, he probably had an autoimmune disease. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mom and dad and brother are very very upset that Benji died. Uh, like a lot of people died alone in a hospital room without being able to see your family. Yeah. So them. I get it. Like they're mad. They're mad. They're mad. Uh, and uh, you know, in a way, <laughs> I kind of get it. Why they'd be that mad? Why they would be mad? This is like yeah, not I like lost a kid. This is like well, you have to go by like movie logic, right? Right. In in an elevated movie. Like, you know, heightened state of mind, heightened realism. Like, it makes sense. And the movie is also smart enough to point out to him through Miri, I think, when they reveal. Like, one of the girls is like, your fucking kid was at this party, too. Like, so, like, yeah. it's not just our fault for being selfish. Like, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, <laughs> I wrote, like, oh, they're killing super spreaders, you know? <laughs> And and it is revealed that Parker, like, was the one who gave him the vid. Yes. Uh, she's like, oh, they have the, the little test. Now I remember the most unrealistic thing about this movie. Sure. They had a test in April of 2020. They had a test. That was, if there's one thing I remember, it was like, oh, man, we are not getting our testing out in time. Yes. Yeah. But I want to say there was something that the moms, that the lady says that, she may be involved in like, like being a nurse or something. Oh, maybe, maybe. But she like. But she has. She, she like swabs her nose. She assaulted that nose. She, <laughs> you know. To the, to be fair, yeah. when I've gotten some testing done, and like if I don't do it myself, they like dig up into yeah. your brain. Yeah. And if you're mad at this person, yeah, you're gonna dig you're in deep. Their, you're gonna dig in deep. Yeah, and so she takes a little test. They find out that she is. Positive. Positive, but she's asymptomatic. Ooh. I'm sure the dollop of blood on there did not did not uh, tamper with the authenticity. Listen, man, listen. I know. Correct. Especially these early 2020s. <laughs> well, that's actually, I think, what makes this... Because I'd like to know what the timing was of him being hospitalized and, like, dying to this, like, to the events that take place in the present. Mm -hmm. 
because and this is where the fact that it's horror makes it a little trickier because horror can like take a lot of i mean any fiction can but i feel like horror especially can take a lot of liberties between like what needs to be a real, realistic and what is not sure. realistic but if you think about it a young person is exposed uh x amount of days before he shows symptoms x amount of days before he needs to be put on a ventilator x amount of days before he dies right yeah the family has to like contact trace um like they have to go i don't know how many i don't know how many people they officially killed if it was just tyler i think it's just them two so far so they have to go find tyler then x amount of time has to pass it could be a day it could be several days before Mm -hmm. then then they have to go find like yeah our main characters yeah because she's so she got it from tyler Right, they are accu- they're accusing her of giving it to Tyler. No, oh, Tyler, she got it. To Ty- she got it from Tyler. Yes. She got it from Tyler. Benji she then gave, gave it, to, it Benji. to Benji. To which, at that point, right, at that point, statistically, she should be clear. Like she shouldn't be asymptomatic positive anymore, unless it's one of those times where you're like, where it like lingers in you. Yeah, that long COVID. But that was more of an Omicron Delta thing, regardless. But where where this gets interesting. Is like you could have it where they're just like playing fast and loose with the science, which fair enough, they have every right to. But then it also could be like these people just by their grief are so like are so just like vengeful and shaken that they will like they will contrive any sort of fucking logic yeah. to like to get back at them. Because like when she pulls that thing out, it is covered in in blood. In blood, right? For sure. And I'm like, all right, well that's <laughs> that's a bit of contamination contaminated test right and it's like 2020 like those those rapid tests i don't they think are we, not very accurate we have those rapid tests that so like i i kind of choose to walk away that with the idea that this family is just seeing and believing what they want to see and believe and you know very well like benji could have already had it but before you know, I mean, it's a big party it's a big party you yeah. know like you have one person in there, you know, you may have multiple people in there. Well, there was um, there was the first time Ro got COVID, mm-hmm. right, where we had our Halloween party. Right? Yeah. We were sharing cups, and we shared a... Cigars? A cigar, right? She was the only one who, like, ended got up with anything. COVID from that party. Yeah. None of us. None of us. Like, I think we all tested. We all tested. We're all negative, right? Yeah. And, like, in her house, it was her and her mom who got COVID. They live in a but she was six. asymptomatic. She was the after... only the only reason she found out was because she was going to the doctor. Correct or something. Correct, correct. But the point is that like it's such a weird, and it still is such a weird disease. For sure, like you don't fucking know, like like the logic. When my dad got COVID, like, huh. and he either gave it to his walking group or he got it from his walking group, like. Fuck if I know how certain people got it and certain people did not. Because they were all vaxxed, right? It was Omicron, so at that point, like, it didn't really matter. Yeah. But there was a 90-year-old man, like, right next to my dad. It was fine. Like, all the women in the group were not. But it was, like... And my dad was talking to the 90-year-old man for, like, the whole... The whole walk? The whole walk. (laughs) So, you know, I I I could see someone just, like... You're gonna like you're so mad about your grief that you're gonna believe like you're gonna believe what you want to believe. Yeah, and and you know that that goes along with I know one of your questions or one of your topics was like 
how does this movie handle like slasher tropes? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. yeah. It it is a trope that like sometimes the motive is very loose and like you kind of gotta just roll with it. Like Pamela Voorhees killing a whole bunch of camp, you know, counselors who did not have anything to do with her kid dying right. in the original Friday the 13th movie. But she's still going out to kill these people who have nothing to do yeah, with that. They're yeah. just because they happen to be camp counselors. But you you kind of have to just be like, yeah, this is like these are people who are fucking <laughs> insane. Yeah. Right? Um which so then we have another um we have another big fight. The um they have a chase scene. They yeah. uh kind of force this guy to they hide from him at first. Yeah. Because Miri is using the Wi-Fi. And this guy's like, oh, they're using the Wi-Fi. I'm like, there's no way this fucking boomer knows. <laughs> looking at <laughs> looking at the, the modem or the router right. that the, the lights, yeah, the, the Wi-Fi is being used for whatever reason. Well, I, so let me, this, yes to the boomer, but they had to be. Because they fucked with a lot of technology in this film. Mm-hmm. Like turning TVs on and off, and like playing with electricity. I think a little bit. Maybe they have. They are more techie boomers. Yeah, someone in the family had to be technologically savvy-ish. I guess that's fair. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So then, um, they they throw they throw Pam. That's her name. The, the lady's name. Because uh, it's Pam and Jason. Yep. Uh, I wonder if that's that has to be a reference. Pamela Voorhees, and, and then Jason Voorhees. Jason Voorhees. Yeah, it has to it be a reference. Because um, it's on a fucking lake. It's on a lake, yeah. in, in a lake house. Um, they throw her out a window. She's, like, knocked out. Yeah. And then uh, they go up the stairs. He follows them. They, like, chop his leg. Right. And then they throw him off the balcony. He gets deered. Onto, right? like, deer antlers, and which is a dope, a very dope kill. I remember when I first saw the antlers, and there, there's a shot that first shows you the mm-hmm. antlers. And it lets you know that they're sharp. And I'm like, okay, this has to be a... Oh, for sure. It has to show up at some point. Uh, so very, very good. Uh, then the girl's starting to take the car, um, but it's not working. Right. So they visit a shed. Yeah. And then Pam, Pam shows up again. And they fucking they just douse that bitch, douse that bitch in gasoline. <laughs> and, you know, I always appreciate a good fire stunt. Yeah. Because uh, that shit is dangerous and it, and and you can always tell when the fire stunt is fake mm. because fake fire is noticeable yeah it's hard to make fire look good in cg yeah um and and so you just have her running out and just like drop dead That's uh cool. and very good very satisfying um cop show up cop show up movie over, movie over. yep you know, lean, lean, a lean film, a very lean film. Um, as lean as as lean as Benji was, as <laughs> unceremoniously taken to us, taken from us. Exactly. Um, honestly, I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of like complaints about this movie. I feel like anything that I would be like, oh, this is a bit of an issue. I'm like, I enjoy this movie so much. I'm willing to let those yeah. things slide. Anything that I have a complaint about, I already. I already talked about. You already agree with this. Yeah. Uh, so I do have a question for you. <laughs> Why do you think Bill Maher would like this movie? Okay. So here's the question. Is mm-hmm. the movie critical of overly cautious COVID people? Hmm. Because no. that's been Bill Maher's bit for like the past 
two years. Has it really? He's like, take your fucking mask off, right? See, yeah. I'm not. I don't. I don't like Omar. Yeah. So I don't know. It's been in the news. What anyway, his things are? Yeah. Oh, okay. But like he like every like other episode, he will make fun of people who are like still wearing masks. Right? So do they not require masks in his audience? Oh no. Oh no no no. Interesting for sure. But he'll make the same joke about where he'll see somebody driving alone in a car with their mask on, and he'll like, you know, call them stupid. I will laugh at that. Right, I will laugh at that too. But like he, he is very much bothered by like COVID caution. He, he's pretty much like an anti-vaxer, right? Okay. Not not fully like because he got vaccine, but he's like very vax cautious, right? Okay. Um. So I was watching this movie because I'm like everybody who, there's the guy who bumps into Tyler. Right, and like yells at him and tells him to put his mask on. He's a dick. There's the mom with the baby who, like, I guess she's like, I guess she's not particularly cautious or uncautious, but like, she's a dick. There's like the killers who are like, you know, upset about people throwing like super spreader events. Speaking of that, there's a scene where Jason pulls down his mask because he's doing Lord knows what. He runs up to the girl and starts yelling at her, starts degrading her. And Peg just goes, Jason, honey, your mask <laughs> puts it on. It's so fucking funny. But it's, so Mary is another cautious character, but mm-hmm. also not cautious enough. Where like she's willing to quarantine with her friend, like in this, in this thing. And, and, and yeah, and, she also she's you know at the very beginning she's like hey put your mask on. on. Yeah, they they ride to the cabin with the mask on, Which but as soon me. as you get there, yeah. mask is off. Now when DJ gets there, she makes him stay stay six feet away. Yes. Now so like you have yeah that level of cautious, and then you have this like other extreme level of cautious. And I was watching this movie, I'm like, it, how to what extent is this movie making fun of COVID cautious people? I mean, I would say not not nearly as much as not in like a malicious way, I think. No. This isn't like look at these fucking suckers. Yes. I think it's more of a it's showing you like the spectrum of like cautiousness. I think it is, but I think it and also at the same time, like it the world that it's portraying is like a very mean mean kind of brutish world yeah right? like a lot of our like side characters i want to say side characters would be like you know characters who just have like a line like are mean. angry and assholes yeah right um and w- most of them are like you know exhibiting some sort of like covid caution so i think you can walk away with this movie and maybe like not like not like a ben shapiro critique but <laughs> well, you could walk away with it and you could say like oh like you know, maybe we were like a bit too, like a bit too mean spirited uh, during that time, right? Yeah, I think you could walk away with that movie having that reflection, and yet you still have the character of Miri, who was like very, very likable for sure, and also like responsible and cautious, right? So I think it, I think it goes to show you that um, non-conservative media can make conservative points. <laughs> Better than actual right wingers because because the <laughs> right does stupid. not know how to do <laughs> yeah. things right yeah um very good very like, good like I can picture fucking Gina Carano doing a version of this movie and it will get preachy like an Ayn Rand novel but it's not like it's, 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 it's like a it's, it's a surprisingly layered movie for sure that's kind of actually why I want a COVID cinematic universe in yes. a horror in a horror in the horror genre. 
I would like to see more takes um, mm-hmm. of this this very recent time in our lives. And there's, you know, there's always like the movie that you could set in it and not really address it a lot. Yeah. Um, so like we talked a little bit about host earlier, and like host does that. Like the movie takes place because of COVID. Yeah. Like they're like, oh, we got nothing else to do. Let's do a seance through Zoom. Right. And then at the very end of the movie, the two girls meet each other because they're neighbors. Yeah. And you know. The girl gets like scared. She jumps in through the window, and like instead of giving a hug, they do the, the, the <laughs> and like those little things. Like they let you know, like it's still they add color to the world. That yeah. that it's it's you know finding some light, you know humor in what was essentially like a really kind of boring time for some people. Really boring time. It was a scary time. I'm not gonna lie. Like I loved that time, but it's like. How fucking long? Like, is life going to be like yeah. this? I don't know. Right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, there are days where I miss it. For sure. There are days where I'm like, oh, you know, I am glad that I can go to a movie. But even in the midst of it, when I was talking to like people like on the phone, I would always say, like, you know, if you told me we were going to have to live like this for like a month or even two years, I'd be like, okay, there's an expiration date. But because back then, yeah, there was no clarity as to how long. Like, Dude, God yeah. bless. Um, what were those things called? The fucking the way they did the vaccines. Why am I blanking on this? The way they did the vaccines. Yeah, because you know how they they found a specific mRNA. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like that really is what kind of helped speed things along. Like if for that sure. if that shit was not for sure like a thing, we would probably still be deep in this. Republicans can think they're Lord and Savior Donald Trump. For for the vaccines that they love so much, they could. Yeah, they could. They they are. But you're right. They're too stupid to, to take the wins. Too stupid. I like how every episode I bring it to how Republicans are stupid. I'm a, I'm a political hacker. I mean, but we gotta we gotta use our platform. We gotta use our platform. Gotta, Unlike Stephen Crowder, we gotta spread our agenda. Hey man, listen. They want to give me fifty million dollars. Take it over four years to yeah. to to say dumb shit. Yeah. Give me $50 million. And the funny part is, this is total side shit, but like the, uh, so the contract said that if he lost half his uh, YouTube ad revenue, then they would deduct 25%. And I'm like, you're still like fucking making money. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you're, you're coming you're still out. making a lot of fucking money. You're coming out on a team instead of losing 50%. Daily Wire is covering that extra 25%. Which I'm, I'm, I'm not confused. I'm interested to learn how much money he makes right now. That you can be like fifty million dollars. I wipe my ass with fifty million dollars. So a lot of the, a lot of the, like the left wing YouTubers think that he used it as a stunt to sort of try to start his own uh, media empire. But like, you can't be hurting. No, he's not hurting. He's definitely not hurting. Yeah, he was on R thirty. What his first role was playing the brain. On Arthur. Really? Yeah. Oh. He worked for PBS. Oh. PBS, Funding the Devil. Funding the Devil. All right. Well, on that wonderful note, uh, which I will totally keep on this uh, unedited version of the podcast. Um, Well, we will be back soon uh, with another movie review. I'm not sure what what will happen next. Try something in theaters. Let's do something more lighthearted. Something more lighthearted. That Megan isn't the epitome of lighthearted. Sounds good. All right. We'll be back soon. Um, Until next time. I know we have. That's still a bit of a ways away. 
Quantum Mania is a bit of a waste of Quantum Mania is a bit of a waste of uh, We'll find something. Yeah. All right, listeners. Uh, until next time, here's Nano. Xavier. Bye. Bye.